Father, we just come to you, Lord, once again. We rest all our cares, our burdens, our worries at your feet. For you care for us. Help us to be still. There be no distraction. The hearts, the minds of your children, here, everywhere. Let everyone be at rest. Let them believe that God will speak to them today. Let them believe the ministry of the word is not the ministry of man. It is the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Let their spirit be quickened and their hearts be quick to hear what your spirit is telling, Lord. We are desperate, Lord, to hear from you. One word from you will cause the storm in every man to cease. You proved it to his disciples. They were panicking. The wind was raging. The waters were overwhelming. But when you arose and said, be still, everything became calm. We need to hear, Lord. We need to hear. We need to hear the voice of your Holy Spirit in our inner man. Speak to us once again. We surrender ourselves into thy hands. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 We've been studying. We've been preparing our hearts, our minds to be Christ-centric, kingdom-centric people. Unless we become that, life will not hold any meaning. The meaning we have will not last. Our fears will overwhelm us. There is this spirit of fear. Because that's that's the way the enemy, you know. Somebody said fear means false evidence appearing real. <laughs> no, but that's how he does. He's a deceiver. He's a deceiver. And these are all his weapons. Deception, lies, fear. And that's why God says he's a father of lies. He's a slanderer. The slanderer, that's what Satan means, slanderer, accuser of brethren. Okay, and uh, so you have to be very careful about his, because we are fighting a battle, the battle. So the gospel is the gospel of the kingdom. It's not the gospel of man, it's not the gospel of the world, it's the gospel of the kingdom. So very, very careful. I mean, in the midst of it, we're just uh, on YouTube checking for our messages and I see somebody somewhere in the Middle East live and he's still talking about prosperity, money in the midst of it all. Okay. Talking money, 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 money in the midst of it. Okay. See, I believe in prosperity, I believe in healing, I believe, but that's only as a part of the gospel. That is not the gospel. Okay. Only prosperity, only healing, no suffering, all wealth, health. You know, that's what they preach. Do you know who's actually, if you read the book of Job carefully, do you know who said that? The three friends of Job. Yes. Yes. And you know what God <laughs> said to them at the end in chapter 42? So that you understand the gospel. Let's look. 
Look at what he said. The book of Job, chapter 42. He had something to tell them. Job 42, and we're at 7. So it was after the Lord had spoken these words to Job, the Lord said to Eliphaz, My wrath is against you and your two friends, for you have not spoken of me what is right. He said, you have misrepresented me. Is there prosperity in the kingdom? Yes. Is there health in the kingdom? Yes. Is there healing in the kingdom? Yes. But you have misrepresented me. <laughs> For you have not spoken of me what is right, as my servant Job has. But you go through the words of Job. You know, God said, I have no issues about what he said. He spoke right about me. He spoke wrong about me. So you have to be very, very careful because the three friends of Job has taken over the network. Okay, And nobody wants to listen to Job. Nobody wants to listen to Job. And God says, he spoke right about me. And these guys warped my image. Okay, so like we always say, this is the first book of the Bible. It's all about trials and sufferings and sorrow and grief. In the midst of it, one man speaks his heart out and God said, he spoke right about me. So now he will pray for you. Okay. okay. So please remember, we are engaged in constant warfare. Because the kingdom of God advances with violence. It's spiritual violence, not physical violence. Spiritual violence. And it is only through spiritual violence we occupy till he comes. And we are encased constantly. And the first battle that has to be won is in the battle for our minds and our hearts. Okay? These are two different battles. Minds and heart. The heart is the battle for affections. Mind is the battle for ideas. Okay, that's why, remember, Peter, as he was closing worship, he said, he said, a divided mind does not receive anything. And we, we are sometimes not even aware how divided our minds are. Like the last thing I said on Thursday, I said, we sometimes do not even realize how secular we are. <laughs> okay, how secular. And secular is not a bad word. Everybody wants to be considered secular and tolerant. If somebody were to tell, Peter, you're very intolerant. No, I am not. But God is very intolerant with evil. And evil before it is becomes an action is an idea. It's an idea. Okay, it's an idea. Okay, so please remember, there's a battle we have to win in our heart. There's a battle we have to win in our mind. This, both these battles have to be won. We'll continue. And we saw we were we have been in this battle. We are not asked to fight first. We are asked to put on the full armor of God. You don't go to battle without armor. You do not go to battle without armor. You will be a quick casualty because this is a ruthless enemy. And he does not shoot normal arrows. He shoots fiery arrows. Okay, fiery arrows which will set you ablaze. Okay, and we saw we have been given 
spiritual weapons. There are so many spiritual weapons. Okay, prayer and the word is only two, but there are so many as you study the word, the Holy Spirit will show you appropriate weapons to be used at appropriate times. It's not the same weapon. Same weapon. Okay, same weapon works every time. It's depending upon the warfare. Like a long time ago when I taught you on on simple physical warfare, how it changed. The first warfare was with hands. So men inserted in the Orient and other places, they learned the art of martial arts, different forms. They say it actually went from India, from Kerala, Kalaripait went to the other. Historically speaking, that is the oldest recorded form of martial arts. Okay. Okay. It's called Kalari Pait. Kalari means, it's a dojo. Pait means war. Typically to be translated in terms which we understand. Karate is taught in that place which is called a dojo. So your hands. Okay. Now the hand can only reach this far. Okay. But this can go further. So you have kickboxing. Okay. Then you have the knife, but you have the spear, which goes further. Then you have the bow and arrow. The arrow goes even more further. Okay, so you have to realize it's basically based on these things, the other forms of warfare. But fundamentally it is, so you have to realize your enemy and the reach of your enemy, and accordingly the Holy Spirit will tell you how to pray. Okay, how to pray. Okay, so you can't just uh, use the written word alone without the Holy Spirit giving you discernment and power. So the first thing he says, stand clothed in the power of God. Don't stand with your own wisdom. That's a danger. You can use the word of God in your own wisdom and suddenly you will realize with a spiritual enemy, it's it's not working. It's not working because he is spiritual and you are physical and you are randomly throwing things like what you call in medical science, broad spectrum antibiotic. <laughs> and he suddenly realizes the sickness is going. Then you go to the radiologist and he says, this is it. And the doctor says, okay, change your medicine. And suddenly you realize because you have been so spiritually also, please remember, this is how it works. And we have been given power. We don't have to go there, scripture says, behold, I give you power over all the power of the enemy. We only not have been given power, we also have been given authority. So Jesus says, all authority in heaven and earth, authority and power is in my name go. So power is one thing, authority is one thing. These are two different things. We need both. In spiritual warfare, we need both. Authority is one thing. Okay, Authority. Sometimes authority alone does not work. Imagine the simple example, no? the traffic uh, policeman who is standing there. He's got authority and he lifts his hand and the vehicle stops. But let us say one guy cuts through, a jeep cuts through and he stops him. And what happens? That fellow pushes him down. And three thugs get out and they hit him. Suddenly from his walkie-talkie, the goodest thing. And before you know, four cop cars have come. Now what has come? Power has come. Authority alone is not enough. Authority has to be backed up with power. Okay, authority. That's why you see Portland, Seattle, the riots going on, the people over there, and you see the soldiers, the the federal agents, and all 
covered with their batons and you no know, guns and everything. So authority they have, they represent the federal government, has to be backed up with power. That's why we don't walk around with batons. The baton is a sign of a power. The uniform is a sign of authority. So God says, behold, I give you power over all the power of the enemy, and I give you authority in my name. In my name. Okay? In my name. Okay, that that uniform signifies the authority in the name of the president of India. Primarily, that's what it means. He represents the government. So, God has given us all this. So, you cannot just say, get out. You say, get out in whose name? In his name. And because the demons understand whether you have power and authority, they will understand both. So, that's why the sons of Sceva got beaten up. They said, we know Paul. We know Jesus. We don't know you. Though he's using the name. The devil knows you do not have the authority to use that name. Neither do you have the power. Okay, So get these things all clear. We are dealing with a battle, daily battle. And you cannot afford to lose. You cannot afford to lose. There are only two ways you will end up in life. Either you will end up overcome or you will end up an overcomer. There is not a third person. Hmm? Participation certificate, that is not there. A lot of people have certificates full. And you look at the certificates. It is only God participated in this, participated in this, participated. What does that mean? Huh? It's not even a consolation prize. That is a prize. This is participation. Meaning there are 500 people over there, two people won, and you participated in that competition. You go for that 20k run and all, they will get a participation certificate. That's all it means. Okay, and that means nothing in the kingdom of God. You are either overcome hmm, or you are an overcome. One of these two things. You have to either overcome the world or the world overcomes you. Okay, I mean, we are not talking about salvation. Though salvation is involved because, you know, salvation is based on the work of Jesus Christ. So everybody is equal there. We are all equal here. Why? We did nothing to get saved. He chose us. He did the work. He paid the price. All we did is repent and believe. We crossed the line. And after that, God says, you better be careful. Now much is on you. You need to hear. You need to believe. You need to run. You need to win. And I'm there with you. All the, You cannot do without me. It's not that it's solo. I am with you through it all. So better be careful about it. So in the first piece of Armor is very strange because you do not take it uh, literally. The first piece of armor, spiritually speaking, we saw there is truth. It's truth. Okay. The first piece of armor we put, gird up the loins of your mind. You know, these martial arts fellows, they will put this ribbon around their head. And also God says, gird up the loins of your mind with truth. Truth is all our struggles are actually with truth. All our struggles are with truth. When we depart from truth, we also depart from faith. And all we have left is religion called Christianity. We are not asked to live by religion. We are asked to live by truth, by faith. That's why we saw on Sunday, last Sunday, we saw something about truth. Is Truth is absolute. You can't negotiate with truth. Because God is truth. And God says he neither lies, he never changes. He's the rock. Jesus is truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth. John fourteen six. 
The Holy Spirit is truth. And then we have been given something. That is the word of God. And the word of God is truth. But, First Timothy 2.15 or 3.15? 3.15. It's gone blank. The screen. Or rather white. Okay. Stand. Ah, oh, not, not. Yeah. 3.15. Two fifteen is about. If I am delayed, I write you. Okay. Conduct yourself in the house of God. Okay? That's what we are. Don't think in terms as a church. It won't work. You have to think it as a living stone in the church. Because we are the house of God. Each one is the temple of God, which is the church of the living God. And what is the church of the living God? The pillar and the ground of the truth. All the chaos you are seeing today in the world, especially in the Western world, all around the world is when the church, which was supposed to be the pillar of truth, has departed from the word of God and the spirit of God. They departed. And we are seeing the results of it. We are seeing the results of it. But individually too, we have to stand. We have to stand. In the last days, God says there is going to be a great falling away. Great falling away. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, 3 and 4. Okay, we'll come back to that later. As time permits. Though nobody's in a hurry, you're locked in. Let no one deceive you by any means, for the day will not come unless the falling away comes first. There has to be a falling away. What are you falling away from? You're falling away from faith. But what are you falling away from faith? What does it mean? You're falling away from truth. Your mind is falling away from absolutes. If you look in the Christian world, primarily, if you look in Christian world, forget the Gentile world. God did not give them the truth. To keep the... He did not give them. Truth was given to us. Church was given the truth. Okay? The church is departing from absolutes. When you depart from absolutes, yet you have the semblance of religion and you gather for worship and praise and song and nice and some of the songs that come are very nice. Waymaker and all. You feel very good. But can you make a way in your mind? Oh, that's good. Can you deal with the absolutes? Okay, Falling away. And then when the falling away happens, what is being released? Uh, revealed. There's some man of sin is being revealed. What is the opposite of truth? Lie. The man of sin is a man of lie. He's believed in lies. But he doesn't accept it as lies. He accepts it as truth. Because we are a very tolerant society now. To very tolerant to evil. I mean, you look, I mean, honestly, you cannot even, you cannot even believe that this would come from authorities in US. You have Portland, you have this uh, Antifa fascist crowds coming, they are throwing everything at the federal courthouse, so the federal cops who are protecting it, they put the crackers and, you know, all kind of stuff they are throwing. And the mayor is saying that this is the best form of our rights being displayed. What kind of stupidity is this? I mean, would you say that if a child slaps his father, you will say that is the expression of liberty? Because the government basically represents law and order so that people can live in peace. The Constitution only gives you the right to peaceful protest. 
The Constitution never gives you the right to violent protest. So you, you need to realize how warped and a whole lot of the population agrees. <laughs> so the man of sin is being revealed right before our eyes. Don't worry about the protests in Gentile nations. They have not been given the truth. Don't worry about that. So that is not being flashed everywhere. This is what will go be flashed everywhere so that it becomes the norm in your thinking. Okay? And God will allow this to happen. Why does he allow this to happen? Why does why is it this happening? Go to verse 10 to 13 and you will see. Why is this falling away happen? How does it happen? And why can why it can happen to any one of us? With all unrighteous deception, that is Satan and his forces, okay? His priests and preachers are there among those who perish because they did not receive the love of truth. That they might be saved. For this reason, God will send them strong delusion. They should believe the lie. That is delusion. Meaning delusion means you are not aware of it. If God allows a man to go into delusion, there is no more hope for him. He's gone. He's gone. He's mind. God has given him over. Okay? That he may believe a lie. in a lie. Because he did not receive the love of Truth. That's why we have to constantly fight this. Lord, help me not to be a double. That's why scripture says a double-minded man does not receive anything from God. And sometimes God is progressive. He keeps on opening our minds to show those blind spots which we believed were truth and realizes it is not a truth. That is why this is the most important part of the armor. First mentioned by, by doctrine of first mention. What is mentioned first? Truth is mentioned. And that's why we preach the word day in and day out. Day in and day out. We keep preaching because his word is truth. So that we learn to judge every thought. Remember? Second Corinthians 10 and verse 5. Every thought, every imagination, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. What do you call the knowledge of God? Truth. Okay, there are so many things in your and my mind. You know? We may think, oh, I know everything, but you don't know. And I'm not telling you now. You're not ready for it yet. Okay, Because some of those truths we are holding on, we have nursed it and caressed it and we love it so much to get rid of it. It's so difficult. It's so painful. It's so painful. I'm telling you, a person is not what he looks like or what he's dressed like or what he even talks like. Is actually what he thinks. What he thinks. Okay? And you cannot, if, you have to be very careful about this. Very, very careful about this. When the prodigal son told his father, I want my portion of my inheritance on a leave. That's what he is. He's not what his genes tell him. He's not what his blood group tells him. He's not what the DNA says. That's why the father says, my son was dead. But is he really dead physically? No. But he's dead spiritually. Because a man is he who he thinks. He's absolutely, his mind is opposed to everything that his father is. Who's the father? The way the father thinks. That's why God says flesh and blood will not inherit. It's a, these are very painful things. Very painful things. And the father lets him go. And he comes, starts coming back to life, you see, when he comes to his senses. And now in his mind, he agrees with the thoughts of his father. 
and is coming back to life. So you are not what you look like or what you dress like. You are exactly what you are. Think. It can be, can be this way, father to child. It can be other way, child to father. The sons of Korah walked away from their father's camp. And their fathers, the fathers first died in their minds before their fathers died in the pit. When they separated from their father's tent, they were saying, we do not agree with your thought, with your idea. You are rebelling against Moses. Your thought system is against God. We sorry, we separate ourselves from that. We love you, we'll grieve for you all of our life, but we do not belong to you. The very powerful things, and we will realize there are so many things in our minds we are very sentimentally attached to. And God says those things need to die. Okay, so this is a constant battle going on for our mind and for our heart. You see, can be absolutely right in your mind and wrong in your heart. Right in your mind. Your, your doctrines are all right. But in your heart, you don't love God with all your heart, all your mind, all your strength. Your affections, so you're just an armchair critic. God can move you into anything because your heart is not for God. Or your heart can be absolutely right. You really love God with all your heart, all your mind. But your mind is wrong. That's Saul of Tarsus. He loves Yahweh. But his theology is completely wrong. And in the, because his heart is right, but his mind is wrong, he takes his, all his affections to go after Christians. So Christ meets him on the way and tells him, who are you? He says, I'm Yahweh. And he's shocked. A little later, his mind and his heart are together and he goes and preaches Christ and never turns back. Never turns back. So you need to understand what the Bible is talking about. That is why the primacy of truth in scriptures. Okay? We need to get this connection very, very clear. I love God with all my heart, with all my mind, all my strength. Okay? And in my mind, I have to constantly allow truth to take over. And the truth can be very, very painful. It's like this surgeon's uh, scalpel. It's very painful. The surgeon is not cutting you because he loves pain. He's cutting you to heal you. That's the only way. That's what uh, Jose will say. The first day and the second day. He cut us. But on the third day he will heal us. He cut us. Okay, he will cut us. But he cuts us to heal us. So please remember. So if you look at simple fundamentals, we know. We are saved. Ephesians 2.8 for a lot of young believers are there. So we have to go back to... By grace you have been saved through faith. And that not of yourself, that is the gift of God. How we are all saved? Apu, we are all saved by grace. Every one of us are saved by grace. Okay? Through faith. <laughs> through faith. Saved by grace. Through faith. Okay? 
and Romans 10.17. Okay, now listen carefully. Where did that faith come from? Came from hearing and hearing by the word. Like I keep saying, but we have to go back to this because we can get carried away by our senses. There are three components to faith. The first thing is the word of God. The man of God who is speaking has to have the word of God so that he is speaking from the word of God for the listener to hear. Okay? To hear. But to hear, the Holy Spirit has to speak. So this hearing has got nothing to do with the man of God. This hearing has got to do with the voice of the Spirit. Okay? The man of God is speaking the word of God. And the Holy Spirit is convicting. What word the Holy Spirit will give you, you do not know. You just have to trust. So Peter on the day of Pentecost will stand up and speak from the book of Joel. And from one of the Psalms. The Holy Spirit is able to convict. He'll say, oh, 3,000. But look at the ratio. What if there was 50,000 people there? The Holy Spirit is able to convict only 3,000. Though there were thousands there. There were thousands there. Okay, thousands there. So, that is the important part. The important part, there are three, the third one of course will come later, is that if you have heard, you have to have an action that is corresponding to what you heard, then faith becomes complete. Okay? So this, we Christians, we are talking about Bible-believing, Church-going Christians, that is the ones we are talking to, not the religious Christians. We are talking to the Bible-believing, church-going Christians. Our struggle is not with the Word of God. Our struggle is with hearing. In Deuteronomy 28, verse 1, when that great chapter in the Old Covenant about blessings and curses, what God says is that you shall come to pass if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments which I command you today. So he will give a whole lot of commandments. Moses will write it all down. The commandments is written. The voice is what you have to hear. The voice. Of Unless you get the voice of God, you will not understand the commandment. You will think you kept the commandment without actually keeping the commandment. I'll give you a simple example. If you go to Exodus chapter 20, one of the commandments is this. Thou shalt not make any graven images of anything that is above in earth, above in heaven, earth or below. You shall not make any graven images. You heard the commandment and you look around in your house and say, Lord, I thank you, Lord. I'm a righteous man. I kept the commandment. Because you went by the written. You did not hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. The voice of the Holy Spirit is when you are reading this, he goes into your heart and shows you the idols. Colossians 3.5 I'm right, 3.5 or 3.15? 3.5 I think. Therefore put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire and covetousness, which is idolatry. Just idolatry. And if the Holy Spirit doesn't show you, you will not realize that was what happened to the rich young ruler. Lord, what do should I? I've kept Jesus said, keep the commandments. He said, I have kept it. 
Now the Holy Spirit is giving Jesus the discernment to show the idol in his heart. They said, sell everything that you have. And he went away, sadly. This is the voice of the Holy Spirit. That is from where faith comes. There's a reading of the word of God and hearing of the voice of the Holy Spirit. And we struggle with that. Jesus said, if you diligently obey my voice. Obey my voice. And that's what Jesus, that's what Jesus told the uh, devil. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth from the mouth of God. How did he get it? He's being tempted. And he's got 39 books with him. How does he know what to tell the devil? The Spirit of God tells him. What the Spirit of God is telling through him is something telling us that I and you also need to hear each day from the Spirit of God. That is the living bread. No? Living bread. So you look at Jesus in Revelation 3 and verse 21. Revelation 3, 21. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne as I also overcame. So the key is there. Lord, I have to overcome. How do I overcome? He says, like I did. Like I did. Like I overcame. So we go back and check his life and you will see two primary things about him. He heard very clearly which word to live by each day. He heard from the Holy Spirit about the word. Okay? And in Hebrews 5-7, we see something about his prayer life. 5-7. To him, oh no, in the days of his flesh, in who, in the days of his flesh, when he had offered a prayers and supplication with vehement cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death. We know all that. And was? His prayers were always heard. That's the key. Yesterday also I was trying to tell. The key of prayer is not speaking, but of hearing. See, you, 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 let us say, you have an issue with property or you want a little, let us say, we as a church, we are in Medchal district, we want a little plot for a graveyard. Who do you go to? The DC, the collector. He's the one who alerts, okay, not to CM and all. You can go to the CM, he will also direct you to the DC. He's the one in charge of land, okay. You go to him, okay. Now when you go to him, you have to wait there. Finally, if he's free that day, he will say, come in. And when he comes in, we make our petition. But that is not what is important. What is important is his response. The problem is we make all petitions before God and walk away. We have heard nothing. And we feel so good. I prayed. That's not what scripture says. He was heard. He was heard. Okay. And you look at these two things. When it came to the word of God, when he studied the word of God, when he read the word of God, he heard. And when he prayed, he heard. In both this, he heard. Both. And you do not realize how important it is to hear from God. Okay, we'll come to that a little later. So I shouldn't jump. Let's go to Jeremiah chapter 7 and verse 23. Old Testament. And a New Testament. This is what I commanded them, saying, obey my voice. And I'll be your God, and you shall be my people. Obey my voice. 
obey my voice. I shall be your God and your people. You know? John 10, 27, I was giving that example to the Nepali church. And I will give you the same example. My sheep hear my, hear my voice. And I know them and they follow me. How can you follow if you don't hear the voice? With the written word alone, you can live a righteous life. But you cannot follow him. Like two days back, right? Two days back, Sami picked me in the morning. We are coming at that turning over there. A little shepherd boy was going with his sheep. And that blocked the road. So I put my head also out and did what he did. The sheep didn't even move. You know what happened? He did the same sound. And the sheep all moved to the side. Wasn't the sound the same? But they didn't move. But I'll tell you the difference. Again with sound, the difference. You have a chicken, the mother hen, and a whole lot of little chicks. Okay, The mother hen picks one rice, and she'll put there, and she'll make a sound. You know the sound she makes? All of them run. I can do the same sound and all of them will come to me. That's the difference between a sheep and a chicken. A sheep knows the voice of his shepherd. He'll only go when he goes. The chicken, if you make the same sound, will go to anybody. So don't be a chicken. Oh, that's a good title, right? Don't be a chicken. <laughs> Don't be a chicken. We need to, we don't realize we all know this, but we take it for granted. I was showing the, this thing, you know, to Nepali church. Hey Siri. How are you? Hi there. I feel good. Thanks for asking. Now you say hi, hi Siri. It will not respond. Can do whatever you want. You can keep saying till tomorrow morning, hi Siri, hi Siri, hi Siri. Siri won't respond because it will only recognize my voice. So we use this for technology. We don't believe it when it comes to God. We have a software, right, which, which recognizes my voice. And my God says, my sheep hear my voice. And the issue is not with the written word. Our issues with the Holy Spirit. Bible believing, church going, Christians struggle with the voice of the Holy Spirit. Okay. Yesterday we were explaining, you know, I've seen all big name pastors giving these examples and all, and people all go gaga over it, you know, have you have a brain? Can, have you seen your reason? So, if you believe you have a reason when you haven't seen your reason, then you can believe God without it. It doesn't work like that. Then the same argument goes with Muslims and Hindus and Buddhists. And okay, I believe in Buddha. I haven't seen Buddha. What do you say? Live. I haven't seen Allah. I believe in Allah. You believe in Christ. I believe in Allah. See, your argument stops there. It doesn't work like that. That is not what in Acts chapter two, verse thirty-eight, the promise Peter says and the promise Jesus said to Nicodemus, and it. Practically happens on that day, he says. Peter said to him, repent. You all got, you all repented. 
Be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. You did that. Is that proof? That's only an outside proof of an action which I did. What is the internal proof? You shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Somebody comes inside. Somebody comes inside. That's the proof. Yeah? And Ephesians 1 verse 13 and 14 mentions that very, very clearly. In him you also trusted. Okay, the gospel is about a person. The gospel is not about good living. The gospel is not ten commandments, how to live your life good. No. The gospel is about him. He he who did your work of salvation. In him I believed. I do not believe in what he said. I believed in what he did. In him I believed. After you heard the word of truth. That was the word of truth. Christ lived a perfect life. He became the atonement on the cross. That was not enough. He overcame and death and rose. Now I believed in his work. I believe in his death. I believe in his resurrection. And only that and nothing of mine you are saved. Having been believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Where was the seal? Inside. Who is the guarantee of an inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory? What is my guarantee? Not my confession. What is my guarantee? Not my baptism. That all I did. What is my guarantee? How do I know I am going to heaven? Because there is somebody inside. Internal witness. <coughs> you ask people from other religion. Ask about this. Where are you going? He will not say, Buddha speaks from within. He doesn't say that. He will never say that. I have lived among Buddhists for years. They will never say that. You ask a Hindu, will he say, Krishna speaks from within? He doesn't say that. You ask any Muslim, he will say, Allah cannot be known. You ask a genuine born again Christian, he says, he lives in me. That's my guarantee. That's my guarantee. You know? So we have an internal evidence. The Holy Spirit resides in us. He lives in us. And that's what Jesus is talking about, the inward witness. Okay? You look at John chapter 14, verse 16 and 17. I will pray the Father and he will also give you all another helper. Before that, he said, just like me, that he may abide with you forever. Before that, we didn't have the word Christian. But if you were to ask anybody, let us say when Jesus was on earth, who are the Christians? They will say those 12 guys. Why? Because they are with Christ. They are with Christ. No, Christ is gone. Who are the Christians? Who has the Spirit in them? The Spirit of Christ in them. They are the Christians. The Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees Him nor knows Him, but you know Him. For He dwells with you and will be in you. That's the witness. That's the witness. He's the one who speaks. Let's go to another one. Romans chapter 8 verses 14 to 16. Don't make the Holy Spirit into a doctrine. He's a person. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons. How can he be led by somebody who does not speak? 
For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out. How do you cry out? Verse 16. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit. We are the children of I have a witness in my spirit. And it doesn't matter how badly I fall, that voice says, get up and go back to your father. Then you know, I have sinned, yet I am a child. Go back to the father, ask for mercy, he may spank you, he may discipline you, but you are still a child. That is my witness. But if you go only by the written, I have fallen, my salvation is gone, now what do I do? A lot of people have only the written. So you know they go from church to church and if you ask some people they have been baptized six times, seven times. Because their confirmation outside, it is not inside. Remember when Paul went to Ephesus? They were believers. <laughs> but they did not know they were believers. We did not even know there was the Holy Spirit. Wait a second. Then whose name did he get baptized? Uh, we got baptized in John. That one do. We have to get baptized now in the name of Jesus. And then he said, receive the Holy Spirit. And they received the Holy Spirit. After that, no doubt. After that, no doubt. Internal witness has come. Without hearing, we too cannot follow him. Okay. So Jesus said, this is how I overcame. How did he overcome? He heard. His actions were determined by his what he had heard. His life was determined by what he had heard. In John chapter 7, a simple example of Jesus Christ, the difference between one son and the other sons. John chapter 7, 6 to 8. The time of the feast. Yeah. Jesus said to them, Who are these? His brothers. My time has not yet come, but your time is always ready. Whose time is always ready? For people who haven't heard. You go up to this feast. I am not yet going up to this feast, for my time has not yet fully come. Do you know the difference between Jesus and his brothers? Jesus knows his time. For them, any time is okay. There are a lot of Christians like, any time, I will go and pray. Though you are supposed to pray all the time, there are times of prayer. For you, all time is fine. This is not for me. Let's go to the feast. Jesus said, I am not coming. Why? Because he heard inside this is not the time to go. This is not the time to go. We should pray all the time. But we should never neglect when you hear the Spirit says, get up and pray. This is your time. So even if you miss the other, it is still okay. If you miss this, you have missed something. One is the written word, pray without ceasing. The other is the voice of God waking you up at three in the morning and say, get up and pray. You know, when we miss, 
we miss when we miss the voice of the Holy Spirit. Like I said in James chapter 1, 17 and 26, when you hear of 2, 2, again I went to 1. 2.17 and you know that's because my my Bible is falling apart and this chapter is disappeared. <laughs> so it has become an original manuscript where there was no chapter division. <laughs> Thus also faith by itself if it does not have works is that is the third part. The word spirit spoke I heard now what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? Remember the two sons? Father came and said, son, yes daddy, I will do it. And he didn't do it. Mm-hmm. Second one, it said, son, do it. He said, I'm not doing it. Remember both of them heard. Both of them heard. The father spoke to both of them. Both of them heard. What was different for it to be complete is, one said I will not do it, he did it. One said I will do it, he didn't do it. Okay, so there are three components, the word of God, the spirit of God, and then the mortal man who has heard, will you obey or not? Will you obey or not? Hearing does not stop. It doesn't stop with hearing. It will be completed only when you finish. So in the midst of absolute spiritual, moral darkness, in Genesis chapter 6 and verse 13, and then verse 22, 13. God said to Noah. That's a key. Otherwise Noah will also perish. He's a righteous man. Blameless in his generation. He will die in the flood. How will he escape the flood? Because of his righteousness? Because he has to hear what God is saying. That's the only thing that is standing between him and destruction. He has to hear. And he heard. Remember the entire book of Revelation. Those who have ears, let them hear what the Spirit says. There are only calamities in that. He says, you want to escape? Better hear what my Spirit says. He has heard. God tells him. What will you do about it? Verse 22. Because nothing he heard makes any sense. Thus Noah did. According to all that God commanded him. So he did. Faith is complete. God's word, man heard, man obeyed, he's out of judgment. Judgment passes over him. Do you remember the church in Laodicea? You had very little strength. But you kept my word. To keep my his word, I have to hear. And in the midst of it, you persevered. Therefore, I will keep you from this trial that is coming upon the whole earth. It does not happen all the time, but I'm telling you, you you need to realize, if you really, really, really want to enter into God's rest of any situation, it is hearing. It is hearing. It, It simply changes your life. He heard. And after that, he doesn't have to panic about the blood. All he has to do is do what God told him. Exodus chapter 2. We know Acts chapter, 
Acts chapter 7, we know that too. God appeared to Abraham and said, leave your household, leave your khandan, everything. And scripture says, Abraham left. So he had to hear. You had to obey. And his life changed in one day. How did his life change? Everything in his life, let us say, career change. <laughs> Everything changed because he heard. That changed his life. Exodus chapter 2 and verse 11. It came to pass in those days when Moses was grown, he went out to his brethren, looked at his brethren. He saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his own brethren. What did he do? He looked left and right. He looked this way and that way. And when he saw no one, he killed the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. The simple example we always give is, he looked this way, like he didn't look up. If he had looked up, God would have told him, don't kill him. That's not for you. No? That's the problem. We look this way, listen, listen to this opinion, and we listen to this hat opinion, and we take a decision. And then we wonder, what has happened to my life? God said, you didn't look up. I told you to keep your eyes fixed on Christ Jesus, who is seated on my right hand side. Keep your mind on things above and on things below. When you're on things above, we listen here and we listen there. We don't look up. First you look up. He didn't do that. And for the next 40 years, he's taking care of sheep. Settle down. Typical, no? Indian phrases. Settle down nicely. That's all fathers and mothers think. I have to settle my children. So Moses, without a father and mother, is nicely settled now. And Exodus chapter 3. Verse 1 onwards, God is going to unsettle him. Okay. Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the back of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. Okay. Horeb, the mountain of God, is a very important mountain. That's where he will hear the first time. That's where the law will come. That's where God will speak to Elijah. When Elijah is given up and wants to suicidal, that's where he hears. Okay. The angel of the Lord appears to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked, behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. So God is there, the bush is burning, the bush is not consumed. It makes no difference. You can sit with this and you can look at it and it's look at it and you look at it and look at it and it's burning, but it's not speaking. It's not speaking. It's speaking. It's not speaking. Okay? Do you understand what this is? This is a sign. This is what scripture talks about Jesus in the gospel according to John. Every miracle was a sign. Behind the sign there was a voice. They didn't see the voice or hear the voice. They ran after the signs. Imagine from there he ran and went back and said, Zipporah, do you know I saw a great sight today? You know what? I saw a bush on fire and the fire was not consumed. Wow! Come tomorrow we'll both go together. Maybe it's still burning. That's not going to change you. What is going to change you is the voice that will speak from the midst of that fire. And he heard. I will turn aside and see this great side, why the bush does not burn. And verse 4, when the Lord saw, he turned aside to look. God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. And after that, everything changes. 40 years life is taken and put it in the shelf. A new phase begins because he heard. He heard. If you want to put it doctrinally as examples, the at the age of 40, when he took the sword, he just went by the written word, meaning he heard. He's a Hebrew. 
Oh, I am Hebrew. He figured out scripture himself saying, okay, that is why I was raised up in the palace. I was raised up as the Egyptian prince. I am the warrior among them. I have been raised up to deliver them. He went by the written word he didn't hear. And for 40 years, his ministry was a waste. At the age of 80, he heard. And God said, you see, your hearing was what you read the word was correct. Interpretation was wrong. Yeah, you were the one who was called to deliver Israel, but not with the sword, but with the rod. You interpret it. That's what the Bible says. The Bible is, is not for private interpretation. The Holy Spirit has to interpret for you. He privately interpreted it. At 80, the Holy Spirit is interpreting you for it. At 80, also is asking the same question, what is in your hand? At 40, if you had asked, you would have said sword. At 80, he says rod. Sounds the same, but two different things. Are you getting the picture? Second Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 6. Chapter 3, verse 6. Who also made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant. Each one individually should remember, you are the minister of the new covenant to yourself. Each man is a priest. Because ultimately, you read yourself and have to hear yourself. Of what? Not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter kills For the first 40 years of Moses' life, he had a musty life because he did not know God. He had a wonderful life in the world. The next 40 years, he had a miserable life because the letter kills. Miserable life. Neither moving anywhere with God, neither can you go back to Egypt. And Lord Christians live miserable lives because... They left the world, but they can't go any further because they haven't heard. Was the letter? Yes. But the Spirit gives life. Spirit gives life. And we have to learn the discipline, not just cultivate is a more. Also we use cultivate the habit, but basically learn the discipline of hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit daily. Can, can, you can, you have no idea the peace you get. Like, you know, almost every week. No, I'll get this. Sudden this thing. Please pray on the ventilator. Doctor says no hope. Usually when I pray, in seconds I hear in my spirit will not die. And that's enough. Because when somebody is critical, all you want to know is whether he will die or not. That's what first thing you have to hear. Immediately I get an immediate lesson back will not die. Now you can go about your business. Otherwise what will happen if you haven't heard you are 15, 50 minutes praying Lord every promise for healing in the Bible. Time is going because you didn't hear. But if you hear, all you need is one verse. You shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. And one day later, off the ventilator. Okay. I'm not saying it happens all the time. 
happens all the time. What I'm saying when you're here, it saves you a lot of trouble, saves you a lot of time. In Mark chapter 4 and verse 9, He who has ears, let him hear. It's not, I read it wrongly and you accepted it. That's not what it said. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Meaning everybody has ears, but everybody does not have ears to hear. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And Jesus had the best pairs of ears to hear. So his life was different. Man shall not live by, but by John 4.34. 4.34. Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Why? Because he had ears to hear. So his work itself became his food. That became work. Because the word of God had become bread for him. See, a lot of us eat the bread for the belly, but we don't eat the bread for the spirit. So our spirits are like, like famished. Because we're not doing any work. Our bodies are good. We eat, we work, we work, we exercise. Body is getting everything. Spirits are like wasted. Remember the children of Israel in the desert? Bodies are great. What's the point of being a six feet, four inch hulk and do nothing? Forty years did nothing. Not one single thing did they did for the kingdom of God for forty years and they were fit as a fiddle. What a waste. You know why? Because souls had wasted away because they did not hear. They did not hear. We know in the old covenant, especially in the beginning of the new covenant, we know God spoke through so many different ways. But in the new covenant, after Jesus comes and Jesus shows us the way, the primary pattern is hearing from the Holy Spirit. The written word, the Spirit of God. Written word and the Spirit of God. In Acts chapter 1, you don't have it on, you don't have it on. Acts chapter 1, Jesus will say, don't leave Jerusalem. Until you have received. And when you receive that, when the Holy Spirit has come. And Acts chapter 2, you will see the Holy Spirit will come. And after that, Peter's ministry changes. Because the Holy Spirit has come. After that, you go through the book of Acts. At least 40 plus time, you will see the Holy Spirit, 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 the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. To the point, during an offering time, the Holy Spirit will tell Peter that Ananias lied to the Holy Spirit. Even offering is judged. Okay. So that is the life. Okay. So first thing remember, guard your heart. Your affections. One of the fundamental things not to go wrong is to see that in your heart, you love God with all your heart, all your might, all your strength. Number one, affections wise. Come back to that. Always come back. A simple thing. Okay, simple thing. I'll tell you. 
it's simple practical thing okay um, i can go back to the little baby i had called matalik every day i used to hold her and tell her papa loves you so much of all the children over there she loved me most you see god loves everybody but everybody doesn't love god the same way and those who love you back you love them specially it's true about god too so god says all things will work together for those who love god and god is able to talk to those who love god right god had many sons in terms of angels but he spoke to his only son please understand this and one of the ways of keeping your affections is by confessing that every day to god lord i just love you i just love you you don't need any reason to say that okay when you tell when srikanth is not here and uh, johnson is not there when srikanth takes athira and uh, johnson takes evangelist and they say you know cutie pie i love you so much this what is the reason oh dna matches mine looks nothing i just love you one little smile brightens up your whole day right what is the child do nothing it just a taker but you don't mind being a giver you know affections be very very careful about this so simply don't waste that oh i love my new bike i love pasta don't waste that word like that the problem with english for everything you have only one word just say i like my bike but i love my god How was the new bike, Peter? Awesome! And then he comes here and says, "Oh God, my God is awesome!" What did you make him a bike? Guard your heart. Guard your heart. Out of the heart flows everything. affections okay this is not talking about the mind it's talking about the heart affections but we need safety you know i always i mean we learned little late slowly because safety belt was not compulsory in india for many years but now people who learn to drive after it came automatically they get it and but the old drivers have to tell them yesha <laughs> okay. okay because they learned without it's not a mistake learned they when they learned without it so okay so remember when you when you are going from point a to point b it is not reaching the destination you have to reach it one piece <laughs> did you reach my parcel yes you look it it's still 15 pieces what's the point can you use it So God says when you come from here to here I want you to reach in one piece so safety first. Well the spirit told me wait a second. The spirit wrote the whole the bible. Oh Timothy 2:15 right? Yeah. 
All scripture is given by the inspiration of God. Actual thing will say, God breathed. Ruah. All, not some. All scripture. Yeah. All scripture is breathed by God. The entire Bible was written by 40 people, 1500 years, by the Holy Spirit. They were just instruments. That's why people, when Peter will say, they were moved by the Spirit, these prophecies came, and they did not know what they were saying. The Holy Spirit knew what he was saying. They did not know what they were saying. And the Holy Spirit now, in the new covenant, reveals to us what he told them to tell us. What an incredible work of God, right? Otherwise, we won't understand. So, entire scripture is written by the Holy Spirit. That is our safety. The one who wrote it 2,000, 3,000 years ago because he's eternal will not contradict what he wrote by telling me something else in my spirit. That's the safety. That's why God says, meditate upon my word day and night. Day and night. We need safety. I have seen, met so many people. And then we look at their lives. It's an absolute mess. And if you start, if you met them, then they will say, the Spirit told me. So it's a very dangerous thing when somebody comes and tells you, the Holy Spirit told me, then you don't have anything to say. What you should actually come and say, I think this is what I heard. I'm not sure. That is when you see godly counsel. But you go for godly counsel and tell the counselor, the Spirit told me, the counselor will say, what can I say more than that? I'm not about the Holy Spirit. You know? So be very, very careful about this. Let's look at Psalm 95 and turn to chapter 6 to 11. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker, for He is our God. We are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hands. Today, if you hear his voice. How do I know I am the sheep of his pasture? Today, if I hear his voice. Today, if I hear my voice. There's something about, no, we are, we are, we are living daily, right? Daily, no? Give us this day, my daily. Not weekly. Daily bread. Today, if you hear his voice, and after that, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion, as in the days of trial in the wilderness. When your fathers rested me, they tried me, though they saw my work. For 40 years, I was grieved with that generation. I said, it's a people who go astray in their hearts. They do not know my ways. We are not looking at them. So I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter into my... So what happens if I don't hear his voice? I cannot enter his rest. Hearing his voice and entering his rest are directly connected. The whole world is going through COVID-19. Everybody is heard about COVID-19. But let's say Dr. Richard is working about COVID-19 and the Holy Spirit says, you go, you will not die. See at rest. And the government calls him and says, we are putting you in Gandhi with the COVID. Is he afraid? But is the danger real? Why is he not afraid? Because he heard. He heard. That's all it takes. What was the judgment that came upon them? Because when he spoke, they hardened their heart. What was the judgment? He said, you shall not enter into my rest. You see, one of the things we need to understand about it is that God rarely shouts. 
he shouts to nations, the whole nation will hear, a group of people and all kind of, but individuals, he never shouts. We have to learn, we have to train our spirits to hear the Holy Spirit speak. He doesn't shout. Very rarely. You know, when a father shouts at a child, he's angry. Proverbs 4.20. Look at few principles of hearing the, hearing from the Holy Spirit. 4.20. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. First thing he asks is attention. Attention. That means you have to prepare yourself not to be distracted. That's what he told about Mary. That one thing will not be taken from her. 100% at Both sisters in the same house, the need is the same, but one gave Jesus 100% attention. Mary must have been coming in between, in between and listening pieces of the sermon. Sorry, Martha. Mary is listening full attention. My son, give at, my son, give attention. First thing, you have to be, see that I am not distracted. So if you are planning to spend any time with God, Pick a time when you are least distracted by other issues of life. Another thing is that switch your phone off. See, my wife knows it very well. Okay, when she calls on silent mode, I'll, because it's hers, because I'm thinking it's some emergency or something, I take it and put on the speaker, and she says, "Honey," and I say, "Yes." And immediately she says, you're working. And she cuts the call off. When I'm working, meaning I'm sitting with God to hear from Him. She knows exactly from my tone the conversation stops here. I'm not going to interrupt him because he needs to hear. Because a lot of people call and everything is not an emergency. Life and death. But you do not know. What I'm saying is you have to pay attention. The second thing he says, incline your ear. Okay? That is an attitude of the spirit. You humble yourself. If you are, I mean, if you have to see in the real kingdoms, okay, when I've been there, I've seen kings and royalty, and when they come, okay, when they speak, you know, when they speak to their ADC or even speak to one of the court, you know how they wait? In their language, they say, lust. Last love, last love, meaning, yes, majesty, yes, your majesty. They don't look, the ears is like this. And they bend down. They won't even stand and listen. Bend down. Paying attention and attitude of your spirit in humility. So that you can hear. Let's go back to Psalm 95. When you hear my voice, but what does the psalmist say? Verse 6. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our God, our maker. He is our God. We are the people of his pastor. And? Sheep of his hand. We are the sheep of his hand. Meaning, we are being led by his rod and his staff. Today, if you hear his voice, but to hear his voice, how should I come? 
like I said, our worship is a preparation to hear the voice of God. After worship, if you don't hear, and even in our churches, you know, a lot of people struggle and they just continue their lives like that because you, they always come after worship time. They think it's not important. But they don't realize we are not just giving to God. We are preparing ourselves the attitude of the Spirit to hear from God. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our God, our Maker. He is our God. We are the people of His pasture. Today, if you hear His voice, listen, inclining, attention, and inclining. It's a spiritual posture. Proverbs 5, 1 and 22, 17. We have to make that choice. My son, pay attention. Attention. Lend your to my understanding. My son, pay attention. Okay? 22, 17. Incline your ear and hear the words of the wise. You would say, why should I incline my ears? I can hear in any position. God says, no, incline, meaning humble yourself. Because God is humble. He can only speak to the humble. Incline your ears. Come with preparation. Right? This has to be our daily choice. Attention means to avoid distraction. Incline means to humble ourselves. Okay? Two things. To hear from God. Third thing. Psalm 62 verse 1. Truly my soul silently waits for God. From Him comes my salvation. Okay? Two things are there. If my salvation comes... How does my salvation come daily? When I get His daily bread. Okay? Daily bread. First thing I have to do is that I have to wait. I have to be silent before Him. What is that? That is quietness. Second thing, I have to wait for Him. That means it requires time. And we don't realize we are very used to that in the world. But we struggle with God. Like I said about the... I said, no. Let us see our church wants a burial plot. Where do we go to? DC. DC says, come at 9. We reach there at 8.30. DC calls us at 12.30. Do we go away? But do we wait if we haven't heard from God? Moses was in the mountain 40 days and 40 nights. Which day did he hear? No, no. If I'm right on the seventh day. Seventh day. Six days of silence. Over a revelation, Daniel was praying. Which day did he hear? 22nd day. How many days did he wait? 21 days. That's what I heard. So there is attention. There is humility. There is silence. And there is waiting. Silence, quietness. 
It's quietness. No, if I'm right, it's in 62 verse 5. Psalm 62. What, no, what does that? No, what does he say that in 62? Yeah. He's speaking to his soul. You know what's happening? Your soul is where your mind is. And your mind, so many thoughts are, he's talking to his mind. Shut up and be quiet. Don't get distracted. Focus, 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 focus. That's why we call out names here. No, focus, focus, focus. <laughs> what's the whole idea for? He is speaking to his soul. Focus, focus, focus. You may miss what he is saying. Focus, focus, focus. Quieten your soul. So many thoughts are coming. Learn the art of quietening your soul. Don't get distracted. Don't get distracted. Nothing is more important than hearing from God. Actually hear from God. That's the answer to all the things that is troubling your soul. So he speaks to his soul. We have to learn to speak to our soul. If David spoke, we can speak. No. Spoke. No. Let's see the patterns. Numbers chapter 7. It's a long chapter. And we'll go to the final verse. 89. <laughs> he didn't know that there was a chapter in Numbers which had 89 verses, right? <laughs> okay. So the Tabernacle is of meeting. It's called tabernacle of meeting. It's a f- interesting, right? You make this tabernacle with all these divisions and everything and the holy place and everything, but ultimately it is called the tabernacle of meeting. What is the church supposed to be? Meaning if you haven't met him, and then what's the point in going there? What did you do? Fellowship is all secondary. Oh, how was church today? Yes, I had a wonderful time. Did he speak to you? No, I met all my friends. Hello? It's not a meeting of friends. It's a meeting with him. That's right. It's called the tabernacle of meeting. So, now when Moses went into the tabernacle of meeting to speak with him, so he went to speak with him, he heard the voice of one speaking. Kyavate. He went to speak to him and he spoke to him. It's not a monologue. It's not like hearing one end of a telephone conversation. That's how misunderstanding comes. Imagine Roshan is on the phone with Tavita. And I'm only hearing his version. And hearing his version, I said, my gosh, I think they are fighting. They have been fighting for one week. Because I only heard one thing. But actually they are talking about yesterday's burnt dinner. Because I'm hearing sounds like smoke, fire. No? What is what is happening in their marriage? It's trouble. I need to counsel them. I heard only one end of the conversation. A lot of people, when they pray, it's one end of a conversation. Lot of sound and fury signifying nothing. <laughs> Moses went to the tent of the meeting to speak, and he heard the voice of one speaking to him. And where did he speak from? From above the mercy seat. That was on the ark of testimony from between the two cherubim. Thus he spoke to him. Wait a second there. Wait a second there. So when Moses went, there's a picture given to us. When Moses went to speak to him, the first thing he realized is what I need is mercy. 
need his mercy. And then he sees the cherubim and he realizes it's not just mercy. I cannot just approach him without worshipping him. Worshipping him. And the first thing that he's going to speak to him is that, are you a bearer of my testimony? Because we are the temple. You are the temple. The only thing that made the place is God called two names. It is called the tabernacle of meeting and it is also called the tent or the place of testimony. God does not speak where he does not have a testimony. So you look at it, something simple is given us, given to us over there. He went into the tabernacle of meeting to speak and he heard. He went to speak and he heard. And sometimes it happens like that. You go to pray, but before you pray, he speaks. You saved a lot of energy and breath. Sometimes you pray and you pray and you pray and you pray and then you're waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and finally he speaks. So you went into the temple of meeting, so you have a lot of stuff over there. And isn't that the same thing in Hebrews 4.16? Come boldly, confidently to the throne room of grace and receive mercy. That's what he also saw there. And grace to help. How do you expand grace? You hear. Faith comes from? And by faith we Enter into this grace by which we stand. That's how we find. Oh, Lord, I went and I received mercy. How do I find grace? You hear. You hear. That's how you enter into, into grace. By faith. And faith comes from hearing. No, comes by hearing. Okay? So the God is saying, do you have a place of meeting? Mark 1, 35. Jesus, poor man, when he walked on earth. Poor man in the sense of not poor man, but. Now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place and there he prayed. He found a meeting place. We all have at least one extra room. Jesus, most of his life in ministry did not have a room. So he always found a solitary place and that became the tent of meeting where his father spoke to him. It became a holy place. And the father spoke to him. And there he prayed. And he heard. And what he heard that day was completely different from what he heard the previous day. The previous day was healing and casting out demons. The next day God said, go preach. Another place. Well, all the crowd from yesterday is already coming and waiting. He's an itinerant preacher. He's not a pastor of a church. Okay. It's more difficult to be an itinerant preacher than a pastor. The pastor at least has heard and he knows he's got a schedule which has been given to him. The itinerant preacher doesn't know. Each day he has to get a schedule. And yesterday's schedule may not fit in with today. But he heard. And Peter will come and say, Lord, Lord, where were you? All the people are there. He says, we need to go. Why did he, why did he go? Because he heard. But remember, a solitary place. A desert. Hmm? Um, Hindi will say, jungle istan. Became his holy place. And God says, do we have? Matthew 6, 6. Now, when you pray, go into your room. When you have shut your door. The shutting of the door is important. That is attention. No distractions. 
That is silence. I will not anything crowding over there. That has become your holy place, your tent of meeting. It can be even a kitchen for a wife. That's not matter. Just shut the door. That's it. I know so many mothers should say bathroom. The little ones are all, they know that's one time, they're all with. No sound, because mother is inside praying. That's the only, only place they get. But it's a holy place. God speaks to you in the bathroom. Shut your door. It's a secret place. God is looking whether you have a place. It's not looking at the ambience. We want a prayer tower. Lord, I'm waiting, Lord. I'll pray. When after I become a millionaire, I'm going to build this house on the top. I'm going to have this prayer tower. Then I will go and pray. He says, you'll never pray. <laughs> never pray. <laughs> this is all bakwas. <laughs> what has the room got to do with prayer? <laughs> Any room can be a holy place. Any room can be a secret place. My son did not have a room, but he prayed more than any man. But because he prayed with such loud cries and tears, he always found a solitary place. Okay, so please remember, these pictures are all there in the Bible. Tent of meeting. First Kings chapter 19, verses 11 to 13. One man has gone suicidal, he ran for his life. He wants to give up, let me die. God is very gentle, kind with him, feeds him and tells, go up. He comes to the Mount Horeb, gets into a cave. And he said, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by. And a great and a strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks into pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, after the wind, oh, you've gone too far ahead. After the wind and earthquake, the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still small voice. Remember, God has been in fires. He spoke, has spoken through fire. He has spoken through earthquakes. He has spoken through winds. But you have to learn to know when he's not in these sounds. You have to learn, discern. And that is the inside witness. He heard the earthquake. He didn't go. He heard the fire. He did not go. He heard the wind. He did not go because inside there is no witness. When he heard the little voice, he knows that voice. He knows that voice. Very familiar with that. When he heard that voice, a still small voice. Verse 13. So it was when Elijah heard it. What did he do? He wrapped his face in a mantle. This is a man who will stand there fearlessly between heaven and earth and bring down fire. But when he hears the voice, he covers himself. He inclines his ears. He humbles himself. He covers his face. They look at patterns in the Bible of great men. He covers his face. Okay. And he heard. And God spoke to him. Okay, God spoke to him. And you know what happened? Because he heard and God spoke. He receives new strength. He receives new direction. And he receives absolutely new vision to raise the next generation up. 
His life changes dramatically. A man a few days earlier who was suicidal is now going with new strength and new vision and he will raise up an Elisha generation. Simply because he heard. And he had the discernment to know which was the voice of God and how God speaks. We heard about David, right? Let's go back there. It's a very important chapter for me. It has framed me for years and years and years. First Samuel chapter 30, verses 3 to 6, and then 7 and 8. I'll show you something there, which I didn't show you earlier. You, you may know it yourself. So David and his men came to the city. 16 months of walking away from God is coming to a final conclusion. Everything is burned with fire. Everything has been taken. Then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no power to weep. That's what when calamity hits, we weep. Soul is empty. Let's look at verse 6. David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him because the soul of the people were grieved. Every man for his sons and his daughters and David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. What is that? That's the written word he knows. How is he strengthening his Lord? By what he knows. Which is there ingrained in his mind. The written word he knows. All the Psalms he himself has written. But everything that Moses has said he knows. He's memorized it all. It's the written word by which he's encouraging him. That doesn't change his situation. His wives are still lost. His children are still captives. And everything is gone. To change. You can strengthen yourself by the written God. It with you, with the written word. It's not changing your direction or your life unless you have heard the voice of God. It's good to strengthen yourself with the written word. It's good. You have to strengthen ourselves with the written word and you strengthen yourself, strengthen yourself, strengthen yourself, strengthen yourself. But for your situation to change, you also have to hear what God has to say about you at that point of time. So in verse 7 he says, Abiyadar. So David inquired of the Lord, bring the effort. Shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, pursue. God spoke to him. Okay. And verse, yeah, verse 9. So David, it's not enough to hear. Will you obey? So the word of God is there by which you encouraged. The voice of the Holy Spirit has come, you have heard. Now they left it to you. Will you obey? Really obey? He obeyed. But because he heard the voice of God, what happens on the way does not change the trajectory because God has already spoken. You will overtake. You will recover all. So on the way, 200 people give up. But that is not going to change because you have heard. Because God can say with many or few. God it did not say you will overtake and overcome with 600. He said you will overtake. If God had said, you need all 600, then the 200 falling off is calamity. But God didn't say that. 200 said, we have no strength. He said, it's okay, take care of the bag, lighten the Lord, we'll go. See, the power of hearing the voice of God in your situations, that changed. You need the written word, and you need this living word of God. You need both. This is what... The Bible is talking about. And our, our, our issue comes from that. All our issues comes from that if we are not able to hear the voice of God. And even if we hear the voice of God, we are not able to discern the word of God 
the voice of God because our minds are divided. Minds are divided. And we do not know. There are so many things that are confusing our minds. And we are not able to separate what we call the wheat from the chaff. Because our minds are confused. No? Second Chronicles chapter 10 verse 5. We looked at it. Oh, I, 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 I was saying, okay, we know that. Second uh, Corinthians, not Chronicles. To bring every thought, every imagination to the captivity of Christ. Everything that exalts. We have to learn to bring everything. Otherwise, what will happen? You see, one of the things which you need to realize is nothing is static. Nothing is, that's the law of nature. Nothing is static. A law of God. If you withdraw, if I withdraw from here, something occupies the space that I was standing. I can't say, okay, I'm standing here, I'm withdrawing, but nothing can come there. The air moves in there. You leave your garden undead, untented, come back two weeks later, it's all overgrown. You leave, leave your house empty, and you will wonder where did all these cobwebs come from. You leave your mind empty, it doesn't remain empty. Nothing remains empty. Okay. If your mind can remain empty, that means you are insane. You are repeating the same thing over and over and over and over and over again. Nothing new can come in. Because you are insane. So please understand fundamental pictures. This is a battle over here. Turn to First Samuel chapter 3 verse 1. Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli. Meaning, religious services are going on. But the word of the Lord was rare in those days. And there was no widespread revelation. Religious services are going on without the word of God. And if the word of God is there, the spirit of God is missing. It's no revelation. But everything is going on. Temple is busy. Temple is very busy. Now think about personally ourselves. We are very busy with religious activities, but the word of God is very rare and there is no open revelation. Why? Because God did not speak. Verses 2 onwards. And it came to pass at that time when Eli was lying down in his place and when his eyes had gone, begun to grow so dim that he could not see. And wh- why was there no revelation? Because Eli represents the priesthood. And the eyes of that priest could hardly see. The eyes of that priest could hardly see. Look in the scripture. Matthew chapter 13. And then he will come back. He is the high priest. He represents the priesthood. From whom should come knowledge? Chapter 13. Verses 13 to 15. Matthew 13, 13 to 15. Therefore I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. In them the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled, who says, hearing you will hear and shall not understand, but seeing you will see and not perceive. But the hearts of these people have grown dull, the ears of hard of hearing and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes 
and hear with their ears. See, the order is changed there. Jesus said, when you are born of the Spirit, you see and you enter. It's talking about the Spirit. You see. You see. Seeing is talking about perception. I can hear and not see. I can hear and not see. It's not talking about eyes. Are you getting it? Somebody can come and say something to you. You heard, but you didn't see what he was trying to tell you. But there's a very famous scene in Hamlet. Hamlet, Prince Hamlet, let me bring a little Shakespeare, okay, so I'll entertainment bit, two minutes entertainment, okay, break. Hamlet's father was killed by his uncle, but nobody knows. And uh, Hamlet was somewhere else, Prince of Denmark was somewhere else. And the brother, his uncle has married his mother, and the mother does not know his father was killed. So when Hamlet comes back, there's some strange thing that is happening here. Every midnight, the ghost appears. The ghost of his father appears and tells the sentry that he wants to meet Hamlet. Now, who can believe a ghost, right? So finally, Hamlet meets his father's ghost, and the father's ghost tells him, I was murdered by your uncle. So Hamlet wants to take revenge. But how can you believe a ghost and kill your uncle? So he decides, I will trap my uncle. I will have a play in the palace. I will invite this troupe of drama, drama troupe. They will stage exactly how my father was killed. And I invite the king and the queen and all for the play. And I will be watching the king. His reaction. And in that play, the king is in this garden. And he is sleeping or something like that. I forgot. It's like... 38 years ago, okay, he pours poison into the ear. That's how he was murdered. When the uncle, the current king, sees that he gets up from his throne and he runs from the hall, and Hamlet knows he's killed him. He knows he's killed him. Okay? And he's very upset. The, the king is very agitated, and the queen is very upset. She does not understand what happened. So she comes and tells Hamlet, Son, son, you have thy father much much offended. Now what his reply is, says, if I am right, Mother, mother, my father thou hast offended. And she says, come, come, you answer with the idle tongue. He says, go, go, you question with a wicked tongue. Now if you don't know the plot, you will not understand what those words mean. The mother does not understand when he says, my father you have offended. She's talking about his stepfather, he's talking about his father. So you can hear without seeing. You're getting the picture? You can hear without seeing. And that's what is happening over Eli's eyes have grown dim. The priesthood's eyes have gone dim. And they don't see. Because the word of God is not there. And there is no open revelation. Religious services are going on. And Israel has no clue. They are just weeks or months away from total.
total destruction by the Philistines. They have no clue. Within a few weeks, 30,000 of their best soldiers will die. They do not know the high priest's own sons will be killed. They do not know Eli will break his neck. They do not know the ark will be taken. They have no clue. No clue. But everything is going on as usual in Shiloh. Let's go back. Had begun to grow so dim he could not see. And before the Lamb of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord where the Ark of God was. Okay. It's a physical reality and a spiritual reality. The Lamb of God signifies the light from which you and I walk. Your word is a lamp unto my feet. And the light unto my path. It's about to go off. About to go off. Before it can be completely gone off in Israel, God is looking for one person who has ears to hear. And it's only a little boy. And he calls out, Samuel, Samuel. And revelation begins again in Israel. There's open revelation. It's only one person who has ears to hear in Israel before the lamb goes out. And the Lord called Samuel and he answered, Here I am. He heard. Here. This is what God is talking about. Entire nation is about to go into darkness and there's just a little boy who had been brought up by his mother, a godly mother. And he heard when God spoke. Like I said, hearing will make all the difference sometimes between heaven and hell. Life and death, victory and defeat. Hearing will make all the difference. And it doesn't come just easily. He says, attend to my words. Incline your ears. Be humble. Be still. You need to have quietness. Choose a place and a time of quietness. And wait. Once he has spoken. You know, even, even, we may think it's very normal. It's not even a normal thing. No? Not hearing is normal. <laughs> hearing is what is normal. Imagine how destiny changed of Israel. You know, because one mother heard. She waited for 20 years. The husband prayed and prayed and prayed, a couple prayed, 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 and suddenly she conceived. Her name is Rebecca. As soon as she conceived, there is trouble in the world. So she went and asked the Lord, Lord, what is happening here? God said, you know what? You got two kids, there are twins. The first time twins is mentioned in the Bible. You got twins. Let me tell you something about the twins. The elder shall serve the younger. The mother heard. The mother heard. That changed Israel's history. Because the mother heard. Do you see how simple it is? Like a mother heard the destiny of a child. As the child changes the destiny of a nation. Because when he is born, the father is 60 years old. What does the mother do? The mother takes that son and keeps. She is, you can't, you can't say she is being partial. She is being partial to the revealed word of God. And you have to be partial to the revealed word of God. It's not Esau. It's Jacob I have chosen. So she keeps Esau with her. And what does, sorry, Jacob with her. And what does Esau do? Esau goes. He's an outdoor man. And Jacob is an indoor man. Why? Because the mother always keeps him with me. Stay with me. Stay with me. Stay. Does that mean he stayed with his mother? No. What does that mean? When his father was born, when he was born, his father was 60. 
Therefore, his grandfather was 160. His grandfather will die at 175. 15 years in the tents, he fellowshiped with his grandfather who had walked with God. Therefore, though he did not know God, he sought the things of God. So God says, Jacob I have loved and Esau I hated. Who caused Jacob to love God without Jacob knowing God? Because his mother heard from God. Esau did not love God. Esau loved the things of God. He didn't love God. So he was willing to give it away. He just wanted a blessing. So hearing changes destinies. And we have a living God who is willing to hear. And God says, be willing to pay the price for it. Once you have paid the price for it and you have learned it, it comes very easy. Sometimes it is difficult. And when it is difficult, you know there is nothing wrong with God. There is something wrong with you and God is trying to speak to you. Speak to you. Jeremiah chapter 18, verses 1 to 5. The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, Arise and go down to the potter's house. There I will cause you to hear my words. Lesson to learn. When God has spoken that, you are not going to hear that word. He has to speak anywhere else. Be very careful that you hear carefully. He tells Jeremiah, I'm going, go to the potter's house. And in the potter's house, I'm going to speak to you. I mean, speak to you. Because you have so many issues in your heart concerning everything that I'm telling you. You've got so many doubts and so many, your mind is a mess. You're confused about everything. So you go there to this place and there, it's not that I will speak to you. I will cause you to hear me. I will explain to you what I've been trying to tell you all these days. You go there. You need an illustration. Go there. And he goes. And I went to the potter's house. And there he was making something at the wheel. And the vessels he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again into another vessel as it seemed good to the potter to make. Then the word of the Lord came to me saying. Are you getting it? Let's go further. Six onward. O house of Israel, can I not do it with you as this potter? Says the Lord. Look as the clay is in the potter's hand. So are you in my hand, O house of Israel. Because he heard the voice of God, because he obeyed and went to that place, and because God caused him to understand, we understand histories of nations and individual lives. This is what God is doing with me. He's not finished with me. I goofed up. I goofed up. That doesn't mean I am finished. He's turning me and changing my purpose. Elijah, you goofed up. You were supposed to go into Jezreel and pull down Jezebel and destroy her. You goofed up by running. So that doesn't mean I am finished with you. I'm reshaping you and giving you a new life and a new direction. Raise up. Okay, raise up. You know why we have this incredible chapter? About the potter. And we know all about potter. And DDJ's church is called the potter's house. Potter, potter, potter. Everything about this thing. And everybody will finally go comfort and find that, Oh Lord, what a mess I made with my life. And God says, I saw it. I'm going to reshape you. I want to take that mess. We say it, but it's true. I'm going to take this mess and make it into a message. 
this trial. Don't worry. I'm going to make this trial into a triumph. Where did he get it? Because he heard. I'm going to cause you. And after that, he understood. Go further down. The instant I speak concerning a nation and concerning kingdom to pluck up, to pull down and to destroy it. Yeah. If the nation against whom I have spoken turns from its evil, I will relent of the disaster that I thought to bring upon it. And the instant I speak concerning a nation, concerning a kingdom to build and to plant it, if it does evil in my sight so that it does not obey my voice, then I will relent concerning the good with which I said I should benefit it. Now therefore speak to the men of Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem, saying, Thus says the Lord. He says, you know what? If I tell a nation, repent, or I will destroy you. If they repent, I won't destroy them. He did it with Nineveh. And if I have a plan, I will bless you, and I will make you the greatest of these nations. If you obey my voice, and you don't obey my voice, I will bring you down. He did it with Israel. And he will do it with America too. It's in the last stages of America. If they repent, he will bless them. If they don't, he will destroy them. He said, I'm not a destroyer. But you have to listen to my voice. <laughs> to listen to my voice. And you know, because Jeremiah heard the voice of God, obeyed the voice of God, went to the appointed place, he caused him to hear. He could see, he could understand. And for centuries, for centuries, this has become the word of the Lord for us. Are we getting it? There's so much, but we don't have to go into all of that. Today, we have more days coming in. So, as we come to the dying moments, in GTC, dying moments can be half an hour. (laughs) Okay. Hosea chapter 2 and verse 11 to 14. We know the story. We heard about Hosea. We preached a few weeks back, right? Hosea is saying, these are the prophets who have heard the voice of God and asked to do terrible things personally, which is an illustration for all time. He's asked to marry a prostitute. And she has children. And she goes back to her old trade. Then he goes and buys her back. What is this all about? No, He's talking about Israel. I will cause all her mirth to cease. Her feast days, her new moons, her sabbaths, all her appointed feasts. I will destroy her wines, her fig trees, of which she said, These are my wages, my lovers have given me, so I will make them a forest, and the beasts of the field shall eat them. I will punish her for the days of Baal, for which she turned, burned incense. She decked herself like uh, with her earrings and jewelry, went after her lovers, but me she forgot, says the Lord. Let's go back to verse 11. Okay. Illustration from Hosea, Israel's history for our times. COVID-19 came. Good Friday went out of the window. Resurrection Sunday went off the roof. Nobody is celebrating anything. He said, I'm tired of your religious services. Enough. Enough. Your religious services is a worship of Baal. It's only about money, money, health, wealth. I'm tired. I'm tired of your festivals. Everything. Okay? In one shot, he destroyed the economy of the world. 
Your wines have gone. Your victories. And what did you say? These are the wages that my lovers gave me. You went into adultery with this world and you p- followed the principles of this world and you're boasting about your riches. So I'll make them a forest and the beasts of the field shall eat them. And we saw that on camera. Pictures were saying, leopard walking through the streets of Mysore, bear walking, because everybody was locked in, the animals were walking around. Economy is gone, world economy is gone. No, The stock market is like a seesaw. Oh, one day everybody is happy, next day down. Everybody is down. Next day up. Governments are pumping and pumping and I think they will run out of money. You look at the money. If you look at the entire world, governments have pumped into economy. Nobody knows the figure. We know America, 3 trillion. We don't even know how to count 3 trillion. India, India is all jugad. We are Indians. We'll just do like this and say we put in the money. Nothing happens. <laughs> Nothing is happening here. They just do it. Jadukar. We are all jadukars. So no, just do like this. Just f- turn the old budget around like this and said we pumped in 1.5 lakh crores. Nothing has happened here. Japan, China, you look at you, European Union. They are pumping in money like anything. Nothing is making any difference. Nothing is making any difference. Now, eh? God said, I'm giving you time. He's doing all this for the church's sake, the spiritual Israel. He's not doing it for the world's sake. He's doing it for the church's sake. He says, you know what? Because you said, come to verse 13, I will punish her for the days of the bars to which she burned incense. Right? Didn't, didn't uh, Elijah say, if God is God, Yahweh is here? If Baal is Baal, and that's what we worship in churches, all it is Baal worship. Baal is the god of prosperity. And nothing else people worship today. It's only prosperity. That is the gospel today. It's the gospel of the kingdom. It's the gospel of the world. Because in the world it is about prosperity. Me, she forgot. Therefore, what did God do? Therefore, I will shut down everything and I will allure her will bring her into the that secret place, that quiet place, and speak to her, comfort to her. It's the time of God is speaking to his church. He's not angry, he's speaking comfort. Your faith should not have been in the world system. Your faith should have been in me. Your hope should have been in me. It was about me. Why did he go to the world? Why did you apply all the principles of the world? And verse 50, those who hear his voice, God said, I'll give her her vineyards from there. And the valley of Accord as the door of hope. He says, I will change them when they come out. In this valley of misery, desperation, I'll open that door of hope. And what will you come? You will change. Do you remember how you came out of Egypt, Miriam took her tamarind, and everybody said, you are so happy for your deliverance. You will sing like that again. A church will arise out of this pandemic who will come back to their first love. They would have judged everything of the world because they would hear his voice in the wilderness. In the wilderness. And they will come out. I don't know what will happen after that because he will God say, yes, my church is ready. Blemish. Without blemish. Without spot. Time to take her home. I don't know. 
The eschatology is a very dangerous field. How you read it, you have to read it very, very carefully with the electron microscope and with the Spirit of God. Okay? Like I said, hearing his voice makes a difference. Look at Revelation chapter 2, verse 4 and 5. Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Remember therefore from where you have fallen, repent. Do the first works or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. Let's go to chapter 1 and verses 9 and 2. 9 and 9 to 10. I join both your brother and companion in tribulation and the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ. Okay, how he puts it is I'm your brother. I'm in tribulation along with you. You are free there. I am bound here, but we are all in tribulation. Kingdom and endurance, patience of Jesus Christ was on the island that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and I heard behind me a loud voice and as of a trumpet. One man in his wilderness, chose to worship God and heard the voice of God because of that seven churches received the warning. And for all of 2000 years, the warning is the same. Because one man heard from God. We still have those warnings. All those who have ears, let them hear what the Spirit is saying. If he hadn't warned them, the church's Ephesus would have said, we are perfect. They didn't know they were about to be destroyed, but he warned them. He warned them. Warned them. As I close, to the final church, that is Laodicea, our age church, chapter 3, verse 19 and 20. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him, dine with him, and he with me. Do you know who is the one who actually stands at the door and knocks? It's the Holy Spirit. The church in Laodicea, the Spirit of God is out. He's gone. He's come back. You know why he's coming back? Because Jesus is interceding for that church. So the Holy Spirit is still coming back and knocking at individual hearts. Will you let me in? Will you let me in? You've been so completely blinded with the ideas of the world that you think you have everything when actually you are spiritually, you have nothing. You think you are righteous when you are naked. You think you can see when you are blind. You think when you are, you are rich when you are poor. Completely, yeah, your mind has been assimilated by the ideas of the world that define success without realizing those ideas actually is showing you the depravity of your soul to the point my spirit is outside. And the spirit has to now knock for entry. For entry. That's the state of the church. The actual church now, Laodicean church. And God says, so all those who have ears, let them hear. Get back. Learn to hear my voice. It will take cause to, you'll have to learn to give him attention. 
You'll have to be humble and incline your ears. You'll have to wait. You cannot hurry God. Nobody hurries God. Nobody hurries the king. You have to wait. You will have to learn to be silent. And then he will cause us to hear. And once you have heard, everything changes. All you need is one word from God. Everything changes. Everything changes. Your darkest situation becomes the day of your, like I said, 16 months David was running because he heard. Three days later, Saul is dead. David is king. Because he heard. 72 hours later, his entire life had changed. Paul was sitting there in the prison and he gets the news. All of Asia has abandoned you. Nobody even bothers about you. Personally, if you are a pastor or a minister, you would think you have lost. What a waste of your life. Everything is gone. Instead, the Holy Spirit says, you have fought the good fight. You have finished the race. You have kept the faith, my son. Can you see? Whose crown is that, Lord? Yours. And if you look in the physical reality, it is not true. He's in chains in a Roman dungeon. But the spiritual reality is because he has heard. He has heard. And God says you have to hear. And all of them heard. Peter heard. Paul heard. Elijah heard. Moses heard. We all hear. We have to hear sharper. Our ears have to become sharper. Right? So meditate upon your word day and night. And listen to the voice of God. That is your safety. Okay, safety. And walk in it. You will fulfill your purpose. Whether you are young or old. Shall we pray? Father, this morning we just come to you, Lord. We look to you, the author and the finisher of our faith. You began this journey when you touched our ears and we heard your voice. It's a gentle voice that a nudge in our spirit. But we believe that little nudge to repent, to believe, to obey. But often we forgot that is the only life. There's no other life for your children. If he's the author of our faith, he's also the finisher of our faith. It's a life from faith to faith. And it comes from hearing. And hearing from the word of God. And I pray we will learn to pull down every thought, every imagination, every idea, every idea that is opposed to the word of God, to the knowledge of God. That the Holy Spirit will give us discernment to see a demonic idea which is couched in scriptural words. Help us to see the, the difference and reject that idea completely. Your son Jesus was able to see that when the devil quoted scripture to him. When he said it is written. He had the spirit discernment to say it is also written. Without the spirit we will get fooled by smooth talking preachers. Who couch demonic doctrines. With scripture. In these last days, give us the love of truth. Otherwise, we also will be deluded. Deluded. Pray, Father, the affections of our heart will be always for God. Like I prayed yesterday and said yesterday, 
Church may have sinners, but I pray there will be no rebels. No stubborn-hearted, spirited people. The children of Israel that came out were stubborn in their inner man. Let there be no one who is stubborn, rebellious. Sinners who can be served, saved. Not those who are stubborn, whose necks need to be broken. Let them be sheep or oxen that can be led and not donkeys that cannot be redeemed. Show us ourselves in the light of your Son, Spirit of God. Daily conform us to the image of your Son. Let us not tune off the voice of your Spirit in our spirit. For the letter of the covenant kills. Only the Spirit gives life. Come Holy Spirit. Dwell in us. Take over us. Give us complete control of our body, our soul, our spirit. You just take over each day more and more and more, O Lord. Let there be true peace in us. Not false peace. True peace. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Commit all those who are listening and those who will listen in the days to come into thy hands. Protect us and keep us. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with each one of us. Amen. And amen.